This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Welcome to Dental All-Stars. I'm Eric Vickery, Lead Mastery Coach at All-Star Dental Academy and President of Vickery Coaching. And I got to tell you guys, I'm excited today. I'm going to be interviewing our guest, Larry Gazzardo. And uh, you guys know Larry, and as you know, he's the head instructor for All-Star Dental Academy. He's co-authored two books, Powerful Practice and Getting Things Done. He conducts an in-office practice management consultation exclusively for dentists to enhance trust, create organization, increase profits, and the development of patient relationships that last. Larry has presented numerous workshops, including winning patient acceptance, business communication systems, and the leadership challenge. So welcome, Larry. I'm so excited to have you. And we've been discussing hiring new team members a lot lately with clients. And I know you've got just a ton to say about this. And I wanted to get your insight just to really help our, our dentists who are listening out on this. And so the, the question I get all the time, Larry, I got to hire someone that we've been through this 2020 has been very interesting. And where do I start? How do I find this person? (laughs) Starting at the beginning, I think is always the best (laughs) place to start, but you know what it is, is it it makes sense because everybody wonders like, well, where should I, where should I look for somebody? Yeah. You know, because the best person isn't just going to magically, you know, fall in your lap. And, and, and so uh, when I'm talking to clients about where to start, I think you can think of places internally, you know, like you can let the staff know, you, you know, Susan's leaving and we need to replace her. So if you guys know anybody who's go. looking for a great place to work, you know, you can go ahead and tell them. Obviously vendors, you know, because they're visiting a lot of offices, um, they shouldn't be gossiping about leaving, but we know that that happens. So it might work to your advantage, but, you know, uh, working with vendors, networking with your colleagues, you know, because people drop off resumes or maybe there's people that they feel don't fit for their office, but would be a great fit, you know, for you. So networking with their, their uh, colleagues and all that, yeah. um, you might have a former employee and then now they might not be ready to come back to work, but if they were good, they probably know other good people. And so don't forget that past employees who might be at home raising children or, you know, maybe moved out of the area or whatever. That's good. Um, networking with, you know, past employees, I think is a great idea. So I internally, love, I love that. You know I, what I mean? Don't, don't yeah. forget. And even patients, not that the patient, you, maybe you want to hire the patient depending on the position, but the patient might know somebody, There you go. you know, cause good people tend to know other good people. Birds of a feather. So don't, don't be afraid to say, Hey, if somebody like you is looking for a job, um, you know, send them our way. So internally, I think there's a lot of places where you can look. Yeah. I want, I want to accent something that everybody's listening to what Larry said here. I want to make sure it doesn't get skipped. He said vendors. And right now with everything being virtual, you're seeing these companies, they're cutting way back. They're not having these sales rep walk into practices anymore. I just got up the phone with a client in Southern California. He said, we're going to look at hiring our Colgate rep as our next admin person. She doesn't, they're, they're, they're cutting back. They're downsizing because of the pandemic and she is phenomenal. We'd love to have her. I love that idea, Larry. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. She had a lot of training. So that's internal. What about external? Internal. Yeah. Um, External. uh, There are websites that you can go to. Uh, A popular one that I've seen is this dentalnet.post or or dentalpost.net. 
And I'll post uh, maybe on that. Up there in California. Yep. Uh, it's a great place that you can do a posting. It's dedicated for dentistry. And that's, that's what I like about it. Um, there might be other um, job posting sites that are popular in your area. You know, go look to see if other dentists are posting jobs there. If they are, then you know that it's an active site. Uh, if, if there's no posting, then obviously you know that it's not. But I do like this dental dentalpost.net. And um, there may be local schools where you can find somebody, uh, job fairs. Uh, in Atlanta here, there's a, a really, really large uh, church that has a job fair every month. And, and we've gone to it as well. And there's two and 300 people there every month. You know, wow. so it's, it's really nice. Um, don't forget about your professional association. You know, the local dental society, your study club. Uh, you can look there. Uh, you can also look, uh, I find, depending on the position, uh, let's say, for instance, if you're looking for um, uh, a dental assistant and you don't mind doing the training, I find people that have worked in light industry, not, not like coal mining, you know, or steel mills or something yeah. like that. But if they worked in plastics or if they worked in electronics, if you go there and talk to the personnel director, a lot of times those people know somebody that they would have liked to have helped, but they couldn't for whatever circumstances. And a good HR director could lead some people your way. Yeah. Um, you could do the same thing. Um, again, if you're looking for somebody at the business office, you might go to the school district, you know, and because there's a lot of people who aren't going back to school or whatever. Teachers aides, you know, do really well at the business office. So my point is, is think HR director. Yeah. You know, talk yeah. to those individuals, even if you're looking for a technical person, um, if you go to a regional hospital or a regional medical center, talk to the HR director there. A lot of times they know, and those people make great dental assistants. You know, they, they really like the kind of work that we have available and they're very, very helpful. Um, you might notice that I didn't say placement services mm. and it's not because I don't like them. I do. And, and there's a lot of them that have great reputations and, and do a good job. Um, you know, even here at All Star, we, we offer this kind of assistance. Um, but my rule about a placement service is, and even though our service is a little bit different, but my rule about the placement service is if they find you exactly what you're looking for, uh, in my opinion, it's well worth the fee that mm. they would charge. Mm -hmm. But you have to remember if you just take anybody because that's what they sent over and it's really not what you want, you're going to resent having to pay that fee and you're going to re resent that person in some small measure. Mm -hmm. So I'm not against placement services because um, I think they can do a good job as well. But that's where you have to be very, very specific about what you want. Well, if what you get what you want, you don't yeah, mind it. Yeah. What we're seeing is a low number of people to hire from the pool is so low that you're saying, look, you got to go outside of dentistry. So many of these doctors are saying, I want someone with experience and you're, you're shedding light on this that, Hey, you might have to train your dental assistant. You, they might be yeah. green. You got to get them trained up. So how do you feel then about temp agencies? Um, temp agencies, I feel a, a little bit different about them. Again, you've, you've got to get in good with the agency that you work with because they've got to know your office and they've mm. got to know what you're looking for because mm -hmm. they will send a warm body over. Yeah. Um, let's say for instance, if you're a doctor and you're working I with agree. two assistants, 
and one is gone, at least if you can get one in there very quickly to turn over rooms and do yeah. sterilization, seat and dismiss patients while the main assistant is still with the doctor, we can maintain our schedule. Um, but what I find is that, you know, the reason why they're temping is because they don't like full-time work. Or they're unhirable. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so you, but, but it's, it's worth it to buy those people a cup of coffee every now and then so that they have an idea. Same thing with the people at the schools and all that. Yeah. Um, get to know them. Get Relationships. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good. So external, other places external like Craigslist, Facebook. Well, I, you would, you can look in those places, but see if they're active in your area. Okay. Um, every, every certain sections of the country, one site might be more active than another site. Yeah. So that's why I find that um, look, to, search for a job yourself and see yep. if any of these job sites come up and then look inside to see if somebody else is using them as well. If there are no other postings, then you know other dentists aren't using yeah. them. I think it depends on the position in the office because I've had really good luck with Facebook job position posts, right? Getting a lot of applications for an admin because I think it's broad. You don't have to have yeah. dental experience yeah. necessarily. And when it comes to certifications, like if it's an assistant, an RDA or a, a you know hygienist, I, I don't have as good of luck. I, I think that's because we're not seeing as many graduates lately. But what I love about a Facebook job post is let's say you're in Orange County and you are a member of Dental Peeps in Orange County. Well, you okay. could do a job post and then share that to the group. Potentially, they could block it, but you could potentially share it. Now you're getting your local um, recognition that you're looking for advertisement. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Okay, good. Yeah, that's um, a real good idea. So I, what we're trying to do is just expose the listeners to a variety of places look. where they can look yeah. and, you, and you've got to try every avenue because there's not just going to be one place yeah. where you're going to find this person. What do you tell doctors who say, should I put an ad on indeed.com? Have you heard of that? I, I don't see anything wrong with that okay. uh, because again, if you go to indeed and you notice there's other postings for jobs, okay. it means people are going there to look for one. Yeah. And so it, the, the problem for us is that in different parts of the country, you have different things that are more popular than others. Oh, there's, yeah, for, it's not for one reason. area. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I understand. The, the cautionary tale on Indeed, I would tell clients is don't put any payment information in the process of setting up your account because they're going to charge you like $20 a day to have a post on there that you, you don't want to necessarily have. So it's, does, they don't, you're not paying based upon resumes you're getting, you're paying almost like pay-per-click and it tends to not be worth it if you're going to do that. And I love the dentalpost.net idea, Larry, get the app. If you're, if you're really looking to hire someone, download the app uh, and try that versus just the website. I think that works well too. All right, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So now, now I've got the ad out there. I've talked to my team. What are the steps to making sure that I'm hiring the right person? Because I've got two or three, you know, I've got resumes coming at me. I've got people coming in. How do I know I can be sure I'm hiring the right person? Um, well, um, let, let's break it down into small steps. Okay. Um, the, the first step is going to be the screening because you've got all these resumes or phone calls coming in. Yep. Uh, then you have the actual interviewing Yep. Uh, and then the process of bringing them on board into your office. On board. So I like okay. to break it up into to small steps. If, if I start with the screening, I'm going to do uh, a post because I think that's the most efficient way to do it. 
And then people are going to start sending resumes. Mm -hmm. And because this is an automated process with most of these services, you get bombarded with resumes and you think, oh my gosh, I can never go through them. And so you're right, you can't. And so what I've heard is a really good way to do this. And I recommend you, you do the same thing is that don't think of it as I'm trying to find the right person in this pile, because that's sort of like a needle in a haystack. What I want you to do is think of who don't I want? Yeah. Let me, what, yeah. what would disqualify somebody from Good. working in my office? Got it. And so it's easier to go, no, 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 no. This one doesn't fit. Ooh, this one looks pretty good. What you are some I mean? things you look for? What, what do you look for to disqualify them? Well, if, if they have a spotty work history. Yeah. Number one, you know, I agree. If yep. there's gaps in there. Um, I, 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 I still don't like people who have only worked in an office, like a couple of years here and a couple of years yep. there and Keep a couple moving. of years there. Agree. Uh, and they're not in, and they're all in the same town. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm looking for that kind of thing. I'm working for a solid work history. And if this is somebody that you have to train, a solid work history is important. Yeah. You know, and so I'm, I'm looking for things like that. But yeah. you know what? I'm also yeah. looking at spelling, simple things. I'm looking at good grammar. You know, is the resume attractive? Uh, uh, you know, things like that. Got it. So if, if you ask them to send me your resume along with references, maybe you did that, yeah. but they didn't send the references. Yeah. That might be one of the ways that you exclude them. You yeah. know, um, uh, if you have a bad experience hiring people who live too far away, or maybe if they have to cross the river or cross the highway, you know, that happens Traffic. a lot. So you may say, geez, there's no way this person's going to be able to um, travel this far to get here. So think of all the reasons why you might exclude people. You might have told them, I want you to copy your resume on a blue sheet of paper and send it in blue. You gave them an instruction, and but they couldn't follow yeah. it, you know? Sign. So again, so, so don't think that you have to find them in all the resumes that you get, that, that they're sending you. Think of it more as how do I exclude the ones that I know aren't going to fit? Yeah. Either they don't yeah. have the right experience, you know what I mean? They couldn't follow instructions, uh, you know, they don't have the uh, years of work, you know, that type yeah. of stuff. Think of it as more of an exclusion, elimination than a selection. Because then when you're done, let's say you get a hundred. Yeah. Right. If you get like a hundred resumes, you might end up now with five. Yeah. You know, okay, out of these five, what do I think about them? So what I always recommend is that look at your resumes and then give the folks a call. And you actually screen them over the telephone for their qualifications. Because you should have a job description and you should know what skills does this person have to possess to work here. Let's mm-hmm. say if it's a dental assistant, they have to be certified to take x-rays. Maybe they have to have three years working experience, chair side, uh, good at digital photography, whatever it is. And so you want to see that on the resume. So you see that, you give them a call. I'd like you to talk to them on the phone for a couple of reasons. Um, if you can't develop rapport with this person on the phone, mm-hmm. if you don't get the sense that, hey, I like this person, yeah. chances are you're not going to like them in person either. You know, <laughs> And you want to hear how they sound on the phone yeah. and, and, and how they are able to answer questions. But mostly you want to screen them for their qualifications. Tell me about your experience. 
tell me about your ability to pour up models or take pictures or whatever it is. Uh, um, if, yeah. if they have the skills that you're looking for, if they're qualified, if they meet the qualifications, then I would bring them in for an interview. So I want to point out something to everyone's listening about what Larry just did. He didn't say, do you poor models? Do you know how to? He said, tell me how you do that. Tell me yeah. X, tell like me you Y. That, right? That's really good. You're opening the dialogue because I could say yes all day long. Oh yeah, I do that. Oh yeah, I do that. And I could be lying. Okay. That's an easy lie. But if you say, tell yeah. me how you do that, you're going to, uh, there's no way I'm lying to that. <laughs> yeah. People want to tell you what you want to hear in the interview. They'll do anything to get the job. You got to understand that. This is why you're you're going to look their name up on Facebook or have one of your employees that you're going to do your sleuthing. You're going to look some back. You're going to figure some things out and look at their resume and say, did they work for somebody I know already? Don't just look at their references. Look at their work history and say, oh, they worked at Dr. Smith's office. I'm going to, I'm, gonna, I'm friends with him. I'm going to talk to him about this. Yeah, yes. that's good stuff. No, I think you're bringing up some really good points. So you're going to qualify them on the phone. Yep. If you feel comfortable with them and, and, and you recognize now that they have the skills that you're looking for, now you can bring them in for an interview. And I want to piggyback on what you said, because everybody thinks there's these magic questions that you can ask yeah. that is going to determine. And, and I just have to tell you, none of us are that good. You know, yeah. we're not psychiatrists. And I don't want you to feel like you have to be a psychoanalyst to determine whether somebody could work in your office or not. But there are some simple things that you can do. And, and, and you're right. If you ask somebody, hey, do you like people? There's, there's, you know how there's sort of like, um, there's, we know how to answer that question already. There's sort of that perceived correct answer. Like if I say, I don't like people, there's a real good chance you're not going to hire me. So if you ask, um, are you motivated? Are you a team member? You know, they're going to, oh, I love working on a team. And oh, yes, I, I'm the most motivated person. So I have passion for everything. And you're thinking like, ooh, la, la, you know, I hit the mother load. You know, I, I got to hire this person. Yeah. So you don't want to ask a question um, about their behavior because we know if they report bad behavior, mm -hmm. it's most likely you're not going to hire them. Like, no, I don't like getting up early in the morning and I don't like people and I can't stand the thought of participating in a staff meeting. No, nobody is going to say that to you, even if that's the way they are. That's right. That's exactly so, right. So what I like is what you were saying is that you ask about the situation mm -hmm. that they're going to be in. And so in your office, think about situations that come up in your office all the time. Hmm. You know, I'm going to need you to do I want you to think of a time when you had to pour up a model and, and you couldn't get it out of the patient's mouth or, you know, something happened to it. I want you to think of a situation when that happened in the past, you know, and tell me how you handled it. How do you, yeah. How do you, yeah. how do you talk how to you a patient who shows up late? Yeah. How, how would you talk to a patient who shows up late? Tell me that. Yeah. Cause if they tell you like, well, gosh, I, I've never had a model that got stuck in the, in the patient's mouth. <laughs> well, they're, they're not being glib, but what they're telling you is I don't have any experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you're learning is, am I okay with somebody who doesn't know how to get out of that type of jam? Yeah. So you want to ask about the situation, not about the behavior, because everybody's been coached. Tell them how nice you are. Tell them how you yeah. love other people. You'll bake people cakes. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you're I, need hired. You, I need you to tell me about a time, right. I need you to tell me about a time when you were running late 
and you knew we had a full load of patients coming in. What did you do? And so you want to you want to hear? Tell me about this time that you did it in the past. Um, tell me how you handled it, and I'd like to know what the result was. What did yeah. you do, and what was the final result? That's so good. And then and then I would go so far as asking them. And and so on this list of references that you've given me, mm. who could I verify this with? Because when you call the reference, when you call the reference, you want to be able to say, you know, so-and-so's come here looking for a job. I'm considering making her an offer. She has told me X and I want to verify that with you. That's good. So you're not even asking him, was she nice? Did she get along? Not these behavioral type things. Because even, even, even somebody who doesn't like the person more than likely will feel sorry for them and will say, oh, no, she truly is nice most days. Um, yeah. So on a side note, I don't know how familiar you are with this, and we're going to do a part two of this with Robin on, on more of the once you bring it onboarding and legalese of all this kind of stuff. But there are some states where you can't ask too much. You, like in California, you can only say, uh, would you rehire this person? And they don't even have to answer you if they don't want to, which should tell you something. They're so worried about the litigation side of it. So the states that are out there that you can do more of this, I love what you're saying. Who can, who can I verify this skill with? And then you call it up and say, Hey, I was speaking with your former employee, Betty, and she shares me how she handled, you know, the late patient, the, the, uh, yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. challenge it was. Tell me, verify that for me. How did she do? Now you're not just saying, would you rehire? You're saying how good of an employee would she be? Right. Because because if you're in one of those states where you can't ask uh, these types of questions about various situations and all that, uh, my sense is you could bring them in for what we used to call like the working interview. Yeah. Uh, we don't use that term anymore. Uh, we call it a skills assessment. Okay. And, and, and I still recommend that people do that. You have to be careful with a skills assessment because you don't want to give the impression that they're actually employed. So you don't bring them in, you don't bring them in to actually do work that normally gets done in your office, but I would have them come in for a couple of hours, um, have them observe, you can ask them some questions, you can test them on some things, you know, like, so they're not actually doing the job, right? You don't want them actually doing the job. So you really don't have them come in for the whole day. Okay. Um, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble that way. Uh, uh, these people do need to be compensated for their time. Uh, they don't have to get the regular wage, but they could get a wage and it has to be at least minimum wage. Um, e- even in my wife's office, we will bring them in for a couple of hours. Yeah. They do observe and we do give them a test. We do oh. give them a test of their skill, you know, but we don't have them do any actual work. Like an aptitude uh, test? In the office. Uh, not we don't give them that aptitude test, but let's say if they're working in in uh, uh, if they're working in the office because we use an electronic medical record system, so mm-hmm. we ask them to type some stuff out. You know, we oh, give okay. them something and say, "Can you retype this?" If they're kind of like, <laughs> we know, you know, Slow this typing. isn't going to work. <laughs> I had right. a doctor; he was a high D dominant personality style, and at the end of every interview, he'd say, "You know, hey, just real quick, quick question for you: What's twenty percent of a hundred? And like, or 16% of a hundred, whatever you'd say. And they, if they go, uh, you go, you're not working at my front desk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was his no, no, no. It would aptitude be, test. Right. It would be something like that. You could give them an aptitude test if you want. There are some that are out there, but I find that if you, if you ask them to demonstrate their skills, 
Yeah, if you ask them to demonstrate their skills, they're not doing actual work in the office. We, we, we do compensate them. We have a set wage that we give people who do this. Um, we, we put them through payroll. We make it all legal. So and we also make them sign that they are coming in just to have their skills assessed. It's not a promise of employment. They are not an employee. We're very clear about it. Yeah, you know, good. Uh, some people like to say, I'd like to come in more than just a couple of hours. That's fine. It, so they may come in like two hours over two days or three days. They might come in two days, you mm-hmm. know, each time, but they sign that this is, this is the, the thing. So yeah. immediately, if we find out after we interview the patient or the employee that they're not a good candidate and it won't be a good fit, then we immediately send out a letter thanking them for coming in and we won't be making them a job offer. So we let them know right away. So they're not uh, bothering us in the event uh, just for today's purposes. um, If we do hire the person, then the final piece of this after interviewing is bringing them on board. Uh, We always check references. That is a must. You must verify those skills Mm -hmm. with somebody else. And uh, we always put the offer in writing. Yeah. We always put the offer in writing because what we're finding a lot of is, and, and I'm seeing this with clients, is we love the person, we love them, but they don't exactly have the skills that we're looking for. Okay. But we think they can do a good job. Yeah. You know, we think there's good hands there. So we have to hire them on condition. Yeah. And so we put those conditions in good. writing. You're being hired at this rate. You're going to do this job and have this responsibility. Um, you're, you're, we're going to have you into an introductory period of 90 days. And during that time, we're going to use this introductory period to teach you these skills. And if you're able to master these skills, then you will be considered regular. And do you give them a, so, a time frame, like 90 days or what do you say? D- depending on the skill that we want them to learn yeah. and how long we think it's going to take to master that we won't do longer than 90 days. And I don't recommend that you do that either. Cause if they can't catch on in 90 days, they're not going to catch on That's at right. all. I agree. Um, most people, what I find is they'll catch on usually within the first two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And so then we can sit down with them and say, you know what, we're going to shorten your introductory period uh, because we see that you're doing really well and we're going to consider you regular right now. Um, from time to time, we still get these people that for whatever reason, they they get under our skin and we just love them to death, but they're not quite there. And so again, you might have to evaluate them during their introductory period to say, you're still, you're, you know, you're still getting bubbles on the occlusal surfaces or the scans aren't exactly the way that we need them to be. You're having trouble uploading them, whatever it is. Um, but we think you can do it. We're seeing some initiative here. And so we're not going to make you regular just yet. We are going to extend your introductory period, maybe another 30 days. You can't Um, extend it. So that we still have time, you know, to work with the person. But we put all of this on writing because you you can hire somebody on condition. Got it. Yeah. But it's got to be in writing that you're doing that. Otherwise, we have other issues, you know, down the road. So I have a couple sayings that I wrote down that you're making me think of that I've heard in the past. Hiring is guesswork. Firing is knowing. And you're, yeah. you're alluding to that, right? You, you, you're hiring someone you're guessing. 
you know, you're, you're hoping that they're yeah. right fit they're, Even if you think they're the perfect fit, you're still guessing. It's still guesswork. There's no exact science to this. You got to roll the dice at some point. I think. Well, unless you're going to put them through a battery of psychological tests. <laughs> they're going to sign up for that. And then the yeah. other thing I wrote down is hire for attitude and train the skill. You know, we, we always want character over talent, but there has to be some level of talent. You can't be zero talent and, and no, no ability to improve. If, if they can't retain, they could be the nicest person in the world, but if they can't do the job, they can't do the job. So yes, I yes. agree with character, but you're exactly right. If they're not getting it by the 90 days, it's gonna be really tough to keep them on board. And sometimes you, I, I had someone, I put in office and 30 days in to the 90 day, we're like, this isn't going to work. And she was in that right. younger 20 to 25 range. And she just was not very motivated. Yeah. Are you, are you yeah. seeing well, that? Are I, you seeing a type of person? I'm, I, I'm not noticing like a, a type of person mm-hmm. who can't do the job. Cause anybody who wants to there you go. can learn to do this. Um, I think of all the years ago when I started just dental consulting, um, I didn't know anything about dentistry. Mm-hmm. I knew about management and I knew processes and I knew that. Um, but it was all the dentists who took me under my wing. Now I feel like I could go mano mano. You know, I see occlusion, you know, um, <laughs> I could do these things. So, so I, I don't feel like there's any one group, you know, that you need to be shy of because uh, I feel like they can learn it if they want to. And yeah. that's why I like the skills assessment. They've got to demonstrate to you that I could see in the way that you just did this little test that I gave you, yeah. maybe it's pouring up a model, mixing something, whatever it is. I could tell you got the skill. I could tell you could learn how to do this, um, but you yeah. got to work with them very, very closely. Yeah. I think another thing that doctors struggle with is, and this isn't all personalities, but I, I think the D's got this, but the the S's and the C's, you know, the, the, the more introverted doctors, they have a hard time giving the feedback when it's bad news. And if you have it in writing and you do it proactively and you say, here's your key points that I need to make sure you develop these skills that you can go back to that person and, and I guess ask them, right? How do you think you're doing in these? And then you can give some, right. some honest criticism, right? Yeah. It's very tough for them to do that. And again, I think of, uh, know the standards that you have set for the job, mm. you know, and say, when you take this picture, I can't have nose hairs in there and I don't want the chin because we're just looking for the teeth. You know, and so this is how you center it when you're doing the camera. Um, you can practice as much as you want. But what I would tell the, the dentist is that if you don't see them taking the initiative after you teach them how to do the skill, if you don't see them practicing on other people or asking how to practice with you, then then, you know, no matter what you do, it, this person's probably not not going to catch on to it. And and then the attitude again and I see this all the time. You, you probably see this is a side note, but you're just getting my, my wheels spinning here. I see frequently, not all the time, but I see frequently where there'll be this phenomenally trained, let's call it an assistant for a long time, been with a doctor for 20 years. And for some reason, they're, they're, that second assistant, that second chair, that second person just only lasts about six months. They just can't mm-hmm. get along with anybody else. And so they may be well-trained. And so I think the saying goes, one great way to keep losing good people is to keep a really negative person who's, who's like trained really well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You see that too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My, my thing about negativity is you don't allow it in your office. Yeah. And if you get a negative person, I'll sound like a jerk here. uh, But for just for brevity, uh, for time's sake, you get a negative person, you just fire them. That's right. You you just fire them because you're never going to change them. 
and they make yeah. everybody miserable and the yeah. rest of the team can't combat yep. one, just even one person's negativity. And I can hear the doctors listening right now going, but he, she, she's so good at her job. You know, the, the hands, the, the, no. the, the talent. What, what I always tell Eric, what I always tell clients is I know that's why you're not firing her because she's so good. Yeah. But, but look at it this way. Think of the cumulative effect of yep. all the lost productivity you have, because yep. I'll guarantee you what everybody in this office is focused on is what that person right over there isn't doing or her attitude about the way that she's doing it. And so you're losing so much money on this person that you think is so good that yeah. when you get rid of her, you'll be shocked how your productivity. Oh my gosh. Solved. And, and just the overall office culture. Let me, an, another, another saying you, everybody has an office culture, whether you have it accidentally or on purpose. And so if you're in the accidentally part, well, most you, are. yeah, you're going, Oh, uh, hit or miss. And this person is literally controlling your culture. And if you can get the right character in place, the right attitudes in place, all of a sudden your office culture change and the pr productivity goes skyrockets. It's amazing. The synergy, yeah. everything that happens in a positive way. And so what do you have a dollar figure on training a team member annually? Like every time you have to train a new team member, what that dollar figure is, have you heard anything like that? It's, it's easily, easily three to four times, um, whatever their salary was. Wow. Easily. Wow. And just lost productivity because yeah. they're always asking other people questions. Gotcha. Uh, you can't schedule as much as you want. If they're at your front desk and you miss a, a new Makes patient sense. phone call, it, it doesn't yeah. take much for it wow. to pile up. So um, easily. So if I look at the, what a typical staff member makes, it, it, it could be almost a hundred thousand uh, wow. dollars that it's going to cost wow. you when you have turnover. I mean, it's not, nobody's yeah. happy when this happens. And they're doing it twice a year in the same position sometimes. So this is, this has been great, Larry. Is there anything else you want to share with them before we wrap up? just one point that I made before, I want to make it again. You can hire anybody you want, uh, verify their skills. You've got to get a reference from them. I, I'm embarrassed to even say how many times I've been bitten in the back on that. Yeah. You've got to get a reference on this person and whatever it is that you offer them, you put it in writing, give them a letter give them a letter and have it all stated in writing yeah. so that there's no confusion. You really want to start people off on the right foot and nothing gets them off balance when they think they're getting something and find out they're not getting right. in writing. That's right. Yeah. Expectations have to be clear for sure. And maybe we should yeah. do an, uh, one of these podcasts later on how to fire people. I love that topic. <laughs> yeah, we probably <laughs> that's Probably. next well it's part of the whole evaluation that's right. process that's right you know, it kind of fits it didn't together so eric yeah. you know um, i'm a big fan <laughs> and um so anytime you want to schedule uh, let's do an it episode to talk about i I'd, I'd be happy let's to do participate. it all right awesome yeah. you know and and on a side note all-star can actually help with hiring candidates through our recruiting services you know we have yeah. Yeah. so if, if people are interested you can send an email to heather at allstardentalacademy.com and she'll get you set up so Thank you so much, guys, for joining us, really taking the time out of your schedule to invest in yourself and improving your ability to lead your business. So until next time, go out there and- Go out there. Be. And be an all-star. All-star. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Thanks Larry. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com. 